Colleen. And I'm Ankit. And you're listening to the LDR Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the LDR Podcast. Today, we are finally going to be discussing a topic that I have been so curious about ever since we started the podcast, and that is, what is it like to close the gap in an LDR? And for those of you who are not in a long-distance relationship, closing the gap just refers to when you actually end the distance part of the relationship. Anka and I have only ever done long distance, and while we got to live in the same city together for six months as co-workers... We have no idea what it's like to live in the same place at the same time. So today, I've invited my friend Alina on the show to talk about what her experience was like when she closed the gap with her boyfriend, Roma. Yeah, I'm really excited for us to close the gap. The goal is to move to the same city and we'll be married. It's just that we don't know when that's going to happen yet. Well, we know when we're getting married, but... (laughs) We don't know when we'll actually be able to live together. Hopefully that happens before we are married. I really, really hope so. And I mean, it's definitely a weird concept getting married to someone who you've never actually lived with before. We we did live together for a while, but like for a month when I when yeah. I took everything that I own and moved in with you <laughs> to my tiny studio in Chicago and we learned a lot about each other we did. in that three week period but <laughs> I don't know there's still I still have some just overall anxieties about what it's going to be like when we actually move in together of course I think it's I- just to go from zero to 60 and It's just going to be really intense and it's going to be a whole new facet of our relationship that we're going to have to get used to because there will no longer be an end point. Like the end point is death. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully. (laughs) I don't know. No, I mean, I was... (laughs) I was saying, like, in general for relationships, I don't think that's that's what people aim for. <laughs> for us, that's true. Yes. That's true. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm overall just worried about, you know, being with someone 24-7. And I think at this point, you've you've seen the real me and you know the real me, but what happens when you can't escape the real me that you can't just turn off a video and put me away like what happens in that case where do I get to hide (laughs) well I don't think we'll be together 24 7 I think even when we're together we're gonna have alone time I don't know dude especially this, this new quarantine world where everyone's working from home that's the part I hate like that's the part that drives me crazy is the fact that there's no there's no alone time anymore everyone's just always around each other i think we're very understanding of each other and respect each other's alone time and we have done that before i i'm not too worried about it i feel like we give each other space and of course it's going to be very different from what we have right now like way different but 
I'm not too worried. Good. I'm glad. I'm a little worried, but mostly excited. Like, uh, biggest yes. part is excited. I just can't wait to, I think on the hardest days, just be able to get the physical aspect of our relationship. Like, for example, last night we had a really tough night in terms of wedding planning and there were tears, but Mm -hmm. all I wanted was just a, a reassuring hug from you. And I got the reassurance, absolutely, but there was no hug. And as someone who definitely values physicality in a relationship, that is absolutely what I'm looking forward to is on my really shitty, tough days, just getting into your arms and being like, okay, no matter what, I'm here. I'm with my person. It's fine. I know. I I felt the same way. I wish I was there to just give you a hug. But yeah, that'll be our life someday. Yeah. And that'll be exciting. I'm very much looking forward to it. Me too. I still think it's definitely, it feels weird still to not have that date in sight because everything is just so up in the air as, am I doing an internship in Canada or France? Are you coming to France to do an internship? Where am I getting a job after school? Just all of these questions and we have no answers yet. So it's hard to kind of be like, okay, we're absolutely going to close the gap at this point. Yeah, but at least we have a goal. Yeah, exactly. And and we're working towards that goal. It's just right now we don't, it's not so close that we see it with a fixed timeline. Exactly. And this is something that we talk a little bit about with Alina, but having the common goal is so important for a long distance relationship. And it doesn't necessarily have to always be marriage. You know, you might not be at the points in your life that you're ready to get married, but you always have to be working towards something and know that eventually you'll be working back towards each other, getting back in the same direction because you don't want to feel like you're just doing long distance forever because it's really tough. And, you know, not all long distance relationships last, as we've heard earlier in this season. And, you want to make sure that when you're in it, you're you're in it for the long haul and that you're in it for something real. I agree. Well, I'm really chomping at the bit to talk to Alina and just hear her experience about what it's like closing the gap, basically so that we can take notes and try and learn before we even get to that point. So without further ado, let's bring her out on the show. Alina and I met in the fall of 2019 when we both started the Master's in Communications program at Sciences Po. Alina is one of the people I love to share my LDR struggles with because I know that she's been there and has made it to the other side. I can't wait to get her advice on the do's and don'ts when it comes to closing the gap and moving in together. Alina, welcome to the show. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Ankit. Hi. So, Alina, why don't you start off and give us a little intro about yourself, where you're from, where you're currently living, and what you're up to with school. Yes. So, I'm Alina. I'm originally from Germany. I lived and studied in Munich. 
Um, so before I did uh, graphic design and media informatics and then worked some years in the field of creative consulting and event management. And then I made this huge move and uh, moved to Paris in 2018 and started my master's in communication, as, to, as you just mentioned, at Sciences Po. And this is where we had the chance to, to meet. So, yeah, yes. happy to yeah. be here. <laughs> and your boyfriend's name is Romain. Can you um, share with us how you guys met and then how you ended up in an LDR with him? Yes. So, yes, Roma and I met in Paris. Like, the whole story started in Paris. This was in 2013. So, just after I finished high school, I decided to spend three months in, in Paris just to improve my French. So cool. Um, and so European. Like, that. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're, Americans are always so jealous of you guys being able to bounce between countries like that. It's so amazing. It's easy. And also for three months, it's like, it was not a huge deal. You just have to find the housing. And that was right. a huge deal. Right. <laughs> yeah, I would like it. I um, I really had a nice apartment with the with a view on the, on the Seine. So I invited a lot of friends um, to my place at that time, and uh, some of my friends were doing uh, au pair nanny jobs in Paris. And um, this was like a little group of girls, and they had randomly met a group of guys some months before. So one day when I made this French apéro at my house, they they came and brought those group of guys with the, with them. So I just opened the door and then there was Roma and then there was me <laughs> and it was really cliche. And this is where everything started. So, so yeah. crazy. And at that time, you have to know that I was 19. He was 27. So there was a oh, wow. gap. That's and quite an age gap. I mean, I guess I, I feel like it might be different in Europe because for the US, like 21 is kind of like our like point of like age gap because 21 is when you can legally drink yeah, it's so it's like when you know you can like date someone who can go out to the bars or not so like was that age gap still significant for you guys or was it less of a big deal because in Europe you can drink at 19 right so it was like the legal thing was not an issue because you're kind of like an adult when you're 18 so this right. was not an issue but then I mean, his friends all worked. He was already working. I didn't even start at uh, university at that point. So, yes, it was not easy. And this is why at that point we thought it would be just like a summer flirt thing. You know, it's like I had one month left. He was working. Oh, wow. I was just there to uh, like enjoy Paris. And, and then finally, at some point, we just understood that it would be more than, than just like some weeks. And so um, how yeah. did you guys get to the point of deciding like we should turn this into an LDR? It took us some months because when I left, um, we were like both very sad. You can imagine the scene at the, at the <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. And then we just said, let's try it. So I went to Paris in autumn and then he came to Munich for two weeks in, in, in October. And then after six months, we said like, it works fine. We see each other. Like at that point, it was not every two weeks or something, but it was like, uh, yeah, regularly. Yeah. And then we just said, let's try it because we like each other and it was we had a great time. That's awesome. And you guys were doing long distance from Munich to Paris. Yeah. So that's, uh, I don't know that in miles, but it's 850 kilometers, which is like six hours by train. Okay. So it's feasible. I would say it's not like compared to yours. <laughs> it's easy. But yeah. still, it's still. still like you still have to plan for it. Like it's not 
you know, the yeah. easiest. And it, you technically could do it in a weekend, but like you, you'd be spending almost as much time on the train as you would be like with each other. This is true. And like, especially um, for Romain, this was the point because he was working, so he could not leave like early right. on Friday. Right. So for him, it was really short the time that he spent in Munich. But for me, as I was student at that time, I could like go a bit longer and stay like a long weekend, which was good. I guess it's similar to how uh, Colleen and I were when she lived in Boston and I was in Montreal. Yeah. Or is it is it longer too. than that? No, it'd be this. I mean, I think it'd be a little bit longer, but depending to sometimes with the traffic, it would take me eight hours to get to you. So yeah, yeah that's comparable. Yeah. yeah. And and Colleen was working and I was a student. So <laughs> it's good if you it more flexible. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So you've been in a relationship for a while. How long have you been in an LDR? This is a good question. So um, we've been together for seven years. So this is a long time. And we did four years. Mm. Um, wow. Uh, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, it was that long. It was crazy long. I had just the only chance um, to have uh, the opportunity to do an exchange with my university. So in our second, third year of relationship, I could come like for one year to Paris at that time. So we had a, like a quick <laughs> test version of how it would be <laughs> to be together. But knowing that you then have to leave after one year, yeah. making things mm. comp really complicated as well. And not just leave, but then you know, you didn't have a clear answer of how you would get back. It's not like, oh, I'll go home for six months and then like I'm going to get a job and be together. It's like I'm going to go home and then we kind of still have to figure out from there. That's true. Yeah. And you you have no vision at that point of like a common future. So it was really right. hard. I mean, I was young. This is like the difference. I was really at that point. I This is also why when I went to Paris uh, in 2015 for this exchange, we didn't decide to stay together in one apartment because this was the first time for me being really like independent. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the very first life together in one apartment started in 2018. So now it's been two years that we are together. And I actually have a follow-up question on that because yeah. Ankit and I, at least I felt, and I guess it was pretty similar for Ankit, you know, we were older we were 26 mm -hmm. and 27 when we started dating mm -hmm. so I looked at this relationship and this LDR like very black and white of can I see a future with this person or not because I'm not going to waste my time in an LDR if not but of course you know 19 you know in your early 20s were you thinking like is this someone I can see a future with or were you like I like this person so much even if we don't have a future like I think doing long distance is okay because I really enjoy what we have I think you always do like this little checkup where you just imagine how it like if this person could be someone you could stay with but mm -hmm. then yeah you're completely right at 19 <laughs> I was not at all thinking about staying seven years <laughs> or like I was just not thinking about it let's say like this and um yeah, I would say that it was, I, I had some bad experiences before and I just mm -hmm. felt that we were really matching very well and we had like this great communication, which is still like the pillar of our relationship. And I think this made me do the effort and just go every time. And then also going to Paris is something which was fun, actually. Like, for yeah. me, that's interesting <laughs> to do that. So, exactly. Yeah. 
You never have to twist anyone's <laughs> arm too well, much to come to Paris. That's true. <laughs> you, you've had to twist my arm a little. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so what was the process of doing long distance for you guys? Like, again, you did it for four years, which we're almost to the three-year mark, and I'm ready to pull my yeah. hair out and to think of having to do it for another year. Like, I'm not pumped about. Like, were there any particular triumphs or struggles that you remember that really stick with you during that time Mm, so we did um like we did we had quite a good rhythm we saw each other every uh, two weeks which is luxury for long distance relationship I know yeah (laughs) so um this was our kind of rule and I would say that this is the huge success that we actually had in our uh, long distance relationship because we we were really good in keeping that rhythm and then also what was really important for us was really um, switching the cities so one week uh, once in a month I was in, in Paris and then he came to Munich and then the other way around and and that was the important thing for me because um i'm in like in french i can t- I, I can I speak french with him so this is more the culture that we live in our couple mm-hmm. and then i needed him really to come to munich and see my life in munich because if not i felt like it was a bit a little bit apart totally and, yeah that was the huge struggle like to really integrate him into my vision into my daily life of my munich environment yeah Absolutely. And I think that was really smart of you guys to balance. And I think Ankit and I have gotten to the point just by our life choices where it has balanced out. But at the beginning, he was visiting me in Chicago way more than I was flying back from Boston or flying from Chicago to Boston. And, you know, like I said, now it's balanced out that when I was working and he was a student in Montreal, I was coming more. And now he's kind of I mean, well, neither of us are going anywhere, yeah. but in theory, yeah. he would be coming here more. But again, no one's seeing anyone. Yeah, in the beginning, in the beginning, even we did like yeah. uh, two weeks. Oh, yeah, because it was feasible. Yeah, but we had to have that conversation where you said, like, "Hey, I feel like I'm putting in more of the weight here," and it was tough because yeah, there was that power imbalance of Ankit was making significantly more money than me and also I had just moved to a new city I wasn't necessarily dying to get back to Boston but it was an important conversation of like oh yeah you're right I am being really selfish and if this relationship's going to work I need to share the responsibility of the travel this is so cool yeah just to talk about it and to expose it really yeah exactly mm-hmm. Right. So what was your communication like during the LDR? Would you guys FaceTime and talk or was it more messages? And were you able to communicate on a daily basis since he was working or was it more sporadic? Mm, At the beginning, um, like the first years, it was a lot of FaceTime. Also because it's not my language and it was easier for me to see his face. Mm, that's um, so true yeah I mean this is a point that sometimes I'm forgetting about it but I I built up my language skills to be really on that point where we could have like the communication easily every day yeah um, and, then, and before you yeah. guys started dating like what would you say your French level was at it was already pretty good for just like daily life things but then mm-hmm. it is a very different thing if it comes to emotions. Like no, it's so how true. How to express so different feelings? It's really hard. So yes. this was an, a big, big thing for me to 
to really learn how to express myself in every situation. No, that's a huge cultural adjustment. I remember um, when I dated a French guy, I felt like I struggled because in English, I could be so specific with my emotions, whereas in French, they don't seem to have as many, like they have fewer words to mean more things, whereas in English, we have like a huge expanse of words. So I, I felt like I was never being specific enough. And at the same time, I also didn't feel like I was fully understanding what he was saying back to me because what he was saying could mean like five different things depending on the situation. So I'm you know kudos to you for having that cultural adjustment like with the language on top of the distance yeah that's that's true it can be frustrating but then also you have your little successes when you really express what you wanted and it works. <laughs> <laughs> so true so this is why in the end we we could even like do little phone call like we did more phone calls in the end because i feel like it was more like a normal feeling of a relationship. Like if something happened in, in Munich, I was just calling him and telling, well, I just met this and this guy or whatever. And this opportunity came up and then felt more, we felt more linked. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. In the beginning, even I had uh, some trouble with communicating with Colleen because I'm not a, I, I was never a native English speaker. And even though I lived in the U.S. for a while, uh, like, the people I interacted with was uh, like many, most of them were Indians. So there was a lot of stuff that I had to learn from Colleen as well. And it, it took me a while to get used to a lot of just the culture. Yeah. Yeah, true. I like it's an effort that you put on top of the effort of the long distance. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. So if you could go back in time and tell yourself one piece of advice about getting through the LDR, what would it be? Mm, it, I think it's really the fact that all the emotions and all this effort and all the work that you put into the fact that you're, you're having this long-distance relationship is really a good basis for the life together once you're in the same city and once you actually made it. Because I think that when you are together and you have this daily routine, um, everybody, like... Yeah, you, you have your work and your friends and everything. You can easily forget that your relationship still needs like a lot of care and attention that you mm -hmm. would naturally give to it when you are separated uh, by distance. And I think this is really like a great skill that people who are in an LDR have. Yeah, there have definitely mm -hmm. been points that we have had to take stock in the relationship and be like, take a pause and be like, am I appreciating this person? Am I meeting their needs? Because, you know, it, out of sight, out of mind, it's so easy to kind of just take them for granted. Yeah. And you always have yeah. to communicate this. Like, this is the hard part. You always have to emphasize that there's like this feeling and you feel like this. And, and I think it's good because it trains you a lot, like how to communicate with your partner. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, Communication is super important. And I think being in a long distance relationship gives you very good practice for that. Yeah. Because it's important whether you're in a long distance relationship or not. That's so true. And I think we, we we value it a lot, which is which I think everyone should. Yeah, definitely. So how did you guys get to the decision of ending the LDR? How did that all pan out? 
it was not easy and it's also a lot about communicating uh, eventually mm. <laughs> because um um i finished my bachelor in munich so i had no more obligation let's say to to stay in munich and i was free to move and then i got this job offer in an agency in munich <laughs> that sounded really ah. interesting so this was hard because then i was like really thinking what should I do and the good thing is that Omar was really giving me a lot of freedom at that time mm -hmm. so he said he always said like think as if we would not have the long distance relationship what would what would you do I think that's impossible to think like this but still it helped me to be <laughs> so I decided to stay one more year in Munich at that time and to work in that agency and then at some point we were really tired of of this whole distance Thing and to take the train and then also it's money that you spend for right I mean you it's, we underestimate that but it, if you see each other every two weeks it's a lot actually that's a lot a lot and mm -hmm. then also like just having um, a shared vision like where do you want to go together in the future that was important that was lacking and then we just decided or I decided finally that it would be easier because he had his job and this very stable position And I decided it would be easier for me just to move to Paris. And then we would see eventually how this goes on. And the good thing um, about this was that my agency actually supported me and said, you can work from, uh, from Paris for us in Munich, which was great because then I had no change of, of my workplace. Knowledge. Oh, that's amazing. The place, yes, but the work stayed the same. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And how did you personally deal with making the sacrifice of being the one to uproot your life for the sake of the relationship? Like, were there any points that you felt resentment for being the one to have to make the big move? This is the topic that I can still relate the most to now, because it's still me being in Paris, right? Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. I think... Um, it's this is really not easy because when I um, eventually when I was choosing my masters when I said okay now is the moment to, to do it I was always seeing myself before um, doing it in the UK oh and then, interesting yeah it was like a, a dream that I had and then I did all those research and I went to the universities and Roma even went with me just to have an impression of what this would look like mm -hmm. and then we find like we talked a lot and um, and I understood that it would be e like I think it was easier for us to be in a more stable environment where we like he would stick to his job not switch the language which is not easy also mm -hmm. he also has his mm -hmm. friends who like she's really he's really attached to his group of friends in Paris so we decided maybe it would be easier to to transform our couple and to really have this couple life in the, in the same apartment in the context of Paris which I think is a good idea also now looking at the last year with the Brexit and the Corona. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a good, yeah. good decision. Yeah. Yes. But it, I mean, it's hard because also at some point I could imagine living in Germany. So this is something where we're like talking about and then this is the communication thing. You have to communicate things which are not comfortable to say. Yeah, exactly. You don't know exactly. how the other one will react in the end. So now he's learning German. That was part of the deal. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think it's important to always keep that balanced vision that we had, even with the rhythm of the two cities, even if you're together, because you always need to have that exchange. Okay, I'm doing this for you, and then you're doing this for me. And then 
kind of works good. Well, especially too, like you guys are also an intercultural relationship. It's it's amazing and it's really cool to have someone who's from a completely different culture, who speaks a different language. But then when you try and make this fusion life together and even thinking of like really long ahead in the future of like what language will we speak at home? What will we name our children? Will they be more you know, names that are from your culture or from mine. And these are the conversations that it's like hard because you feel like you almost feel defensive of your culture and you want to make sure that your culture is being represented to like, you know, especially to even like stuff with the wedding, like making sure that it feels balanced and it, it can be really uncomfortable to have those conversations. This is true. I also like experienced that I never felt more German than now which is interesting because I never had that experience before. And yeah, it's important to be open and to really understand the other the other part, the other culture, and then also not forget about what is really important to you. Yeah, exactly. So what are some struggles that you faced when you were closing the gap? And what were some of the best parts of moving in together? It's a funny period because <laughs> <laughs> you kind of get to know each other in a new way, despite the fact that you already have like a long relationship together. So this is really funny because... Yeah, a lot of things change. True. Yeah, I mean, just like being in the apartment, you see all those habits that we like, everybody has his little habits that normally you would maybe hide from the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is a big part. And it's funny because if you like if you take it more on this humorous and patient side, then it's easy to 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 get to know each other and then you will find a way in, in dealing with each other. And I found that's that's interesting because it's really a fresh start. Like it's something new and it's exciting. Yeah. And then um what was another struggle? It was like I don't know how you feel about this, but when we were together during the long distance relationship, I felt like it was a little bubble, like like a vacation mode. Like mm, um, mm -hmm. we had this really perfect time together doing a lot of stuff, which was great. Um, mm -hmm. And when we moved together, then there was this daily routine dominating everything. And in the beginning, we in the beginning, you're just happy. You're like, oh, we're together and you can cuddle and you can you sleep next to each other and all those great things. And then comes the moment where you actually realize that the daily life is, is really more dominant and more present in, in your in your couple relationship. And then you yeah. need to find those, you need to refine those bubble moments where you actually take the time for each other, which you were not used to because, yeah, you never had this daily routine in, in the couple. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally see that as like something that's a major a major change and a major shift, especially now that we're at the point of seeing each other once or twice a year and those times are for like a week at a time and they're in, you know, romantic destinations or, you know, on a, the last one we saw each other was vacation together in India and it was a vacation and it was amazing. We weren't yeah. having to like fight with like a French landlord about like a utility bill or like you know someone's car broke down so have to do that like 
it's so true that the time that we're together, you push out the daily grind. Like you don't think about all of the taxing things that are going on. You're just with this person and you're trying to absorb them as much as possible, which I think also can be really intense. Like I think even times we've kind of freaked ourselves out being like, we're, we're too absorbed with this other person right now when we're together and both of us are trying to be cautious of what that will look like when we become, you know, a normal couple because it, we know it's not sustainable. Yeah, that's true. It can cost a lot of effort, actually, when you're like so close together and you have so like for us, it was also we had like discussions really deeply and you get to know so many details about the other person so that's true that it can be really absorbing but then still it's important because if you had it it will it's kind of an element in your relationship so you kind of need to find a balance in your in your daily life where you have those really simple moments and you just talk about what are you going to do for for dinner tonight and then you also have maybe a friday evening where you just get out and and have the special feeling of celebrating your relationship as a like yeah and all it's different characteristics and yeah I think that's important too and that's one thing that I noticed that you're good at is like sometimes we would do like a group hangout and you would be like oh I can't like tonight's the night that Roman and I both happen to be free at the same time so you know I'll catch up with you guys another time like I've noticed you putting your relationship in the forefront and still making it a priority and something that I've always really admired. Which is hard when you're adapting to a new situation. like Yeah, this. exactly. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the, that's the natural inclination is to be like, oh, well, he'll understand. I'm making new friends. Like, it's important that I go out and meet new people. But it's just as important, as we said, not to take that other person for granted and to show them, like, even though I'm in this new era of my life like you're still very much an important part of it that's so true yeah absolutely did you notice any change in the way you communicate once you once you've ended the long distance relationship and moved in together this is something where i would say we stayed kind of the same because we we were communicating a lot before and we're still communicating mm -hmm. a lot and I would even say like I like I already said before that the the long distance relationship kind of helped us to to have that honest um, way of yeah talking to each other and saying what we what we like what we struggle with because also when you like me coming to Paris in the beginning it was not always easy so I had to tell him like this is difficult for me or not and I think this is part of the communication that we build up during the four years and that helped me a lot when I arrived here, actually. That's awesome. It makes sense. Um, I actually wanted to jump back a second because I don't think we heard what was like the best part of moving in for you guys. This is important because there are a lot of great things. <laughs> no, it's, it's <laughs> like it's heaven on earth in the beginning because you have oh. all those little moments that you just wish to have during all those years and it's it's so simple but it's just like sleeping next to each other or just you're both in the in the in the bathroom brushing your teeth or you're having just a movie evening on the couch nothing really spectacular but it's just great to have those little moments and 
And I'm glad that that's your best part because that's the part that like I fantasize the most. Even for example, the other day I was in at an open air market and was just like picturing Ankit standing next to me, like holding the basket of vegetables and just being with this person in a place that I love, doing something that makes me happy and just the simple moments. That's what I'm so looking forward to. So I'm glad that it's just as satisfying as my fantasy tells me that it will be. It's worth to to put all that effort for those for those moments. It makes the daily life and like every day is is nicer because you know in the evening you come home even if you're not always like in the best mood, but then you need some time and then you are together and you can have dinner together and just have someone who you feel close to. It's I thought that for me that was really the best change. One of the things I'm worried about though is facing burnout because we'll be going from talking a few times a day and again seeing each other once or twice a year to constantly being in each other's presence. Were there any things were there any things that you guys established or any rules to ensure that you guys didn't get the burnout? In the beginning you won't realize that because you're just so happy <laughs> that you just want to see the other one all the time and you want to do everything together. <laughs> This was the case for me. And then at some point I realized, because I'm someone who also needs to have like evenings where I'm on my own and like where I can even close the door behind myself. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I realized that. And then I tried to talk with him about this. And he actually said, well, for me, it's the same. I also need those evenings. (laughs) And then you're like, what a relief. Yeah, it's a relief (laughs) because then things are clear. And I, in the beginning, you're, you don't like, you don't want to say those kind of things because you're now finally together. (laughs) Why do you want to be lonely? No, exactly. It's part of reflecting what is going on and, and also reflecting the relationship. So for us, it's really that we have um, very regularly, an evening where I might go out and see friends and he stays at the apartment because, you know, Parisian apartments are small. So (laughs) no, it's nice when it's nice having the place to yourself. Yeah. So this, this is actually what we kind of have established. And then also um, another thing was that we had a lot of mutual friends and then um, we realized that sometimes it's even funny if like he does something with, the friends like on his own and sometimes mm-hmm. with me and the same for the family because I was always going with him and I realized maybe it's like interesting for him or nice for him also to have his parents just for him sometimes so yeah those were things that we kind of came across and just yeah established them on a running basis but it was it's good that's great that again going back to your obviously amazing communication style with each other because I feel like I would have been nervous to have that initial conversation for fear of hurting the other person like even during quarantine I've had to establish rules with Ankit where I told him like I can't talk to you every single day because my brain is going to explode from all of this computer time back in March and I felt awful asking for it but he was so understanding and you know, was willing to do that. But you feel bad, like asking the person like, to have some distance, because you don't, you don't want them to take it the wrong way or take it that it means anything bad. It's just, 
you know, as you said, we're people who need our own time and to recharge our own batteries on our own. I think it's very important. Yeah. Like, we should never be ashamed to ask for time for ourselves. Yeah. Like, just because we're in a relationship, it doesn't mean we have to, we're like bound to each other to do everything together. We still have our own lives. I think that's what society does such a bad job of prepping us for. Like, the fairy tales don't say like, and then Cinderella asked for some space. Like it was like, and then she lived happily ever <laughs> after. And they did, you just imagine them doing everything together. They don't promote independence in a relationship. It's true. And still it's key. I mean, this is like, it's also how are you feeling the best, like yourself, because you're, yeah, you're a couple, but then there's you and, and for example, and then there's Ankit and you're very different also. So each one has like it's kind of special habits or the way how you function, how you feel happy and good. And I think the the, the most important thing for yourself is that the other one is happy. So totally. um, this is this is why I I felt bad in the beginning and then I said, no, I don't feel bad because I just want to be in my best self for the other one and I can only be the best self if I also have time for for myself. So I think this is the way how you can yeah make a deal with yourself and say let's it's not it's not that bad actually I love that that's great advice and on the flip side did you guys also do something different once you moved in together to keep the flame alive because again you've been together for seven years and you did four years of long distance and even for our own relationship in just three years we've noticed you know, obviously we're no longer in the honeymoon phase. And when that shift happened, it was very weird for us and very jarring of, you know, we're no longer in the honeymoon phase. What does this mean? How do we keep the flame going? Is this normal? And, you know, talking it through, we obviously realized that it is normal. It happens to every couple, but it was definitely jarring and I can imagine moving in together that will also be another level to it because as you mentioned you deal with the day-to-day monotony and it's no longer this romantic fight to see each other it's you know I now see his dirty socks that I've asked him to put in the hamper 50 times and you know we see each other we use the same bathroom the mystery is less and less of you know there it's more we see the vulnerable sides which in itself is romantic and in itself like that's where the love grows is that you get to be this super vulnerable person but how did you guys keep the flame alive for so long this is um very important and it's i would say there there are periods where it's going very well and then there are periods and they are repeating itself over time where it's not working or where you have to make it work. And mm-hmm. actually, as you said, you have to you have to make it romantic again or kind of spontaneous. And I think for me, it's really the word spontaneous that sticks the most to how we deal with it because we try to make something that is not the actual pattern that we used to have, just mm-hmm. make things differently. Um, by, for example coming home and then bringing bringing some special food and don't tell the other one before like for example or um i don't know taking time and surprise some the other one for the weekend and just get out of the city and do something it's 
I know it's so cliche, but I think this is the most, the best advice that I could, that I could give because it works the best for me just to um, sort a bit out of this daily routine, do something which you'd never done before, never done before. It's something that you really, yeah, that makes you see the other one again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a great point that you just made about it being cyclical, because I think that's another thing, too, that couples forget is when you're in um, when you're in a slump, it's not something that you fix and then it's fixed forever. And you, you know, you've overcome that hurdle and now you're back yeah. to being in love happily ever after for the rest of your life. It is cyclical of there are periods of time where you're, you know, more connected to the other person and that's okay. That's normal. It's okay. And it's yeah. even okay and important to talk about it and to actually, yeah. because I'm that kind of person, you know me, um, like really perfectionist. So I want to make it <laughs> Perfectionist is... I don't even think it's a strong enough word for Alina. I've no, she's like one of my favorite people to work with on group projects because this girl, it's like she, again, it is not a strong enough word for this girl. For me, it can be very difficult though. So, <laughs> in relationships, sometimes I'm just, I don't want to admit that things are not working well or that's yeah. the problem that, that I have or that he has. And this is the wrong path. You really have to, put the things on the table, talk about it, and then find a way on, like, yeah, finding a solution how you can actually um, make it more romantic or whatever. So, again, I think this is this is what I really think. Like, communication is one of the pillars, then the, the shared vision is the second pillar. You know, the, the it's, it's the basis. And if you have this, then you can also make those... Um, those bad moments or that hard moments where you actually have to work on it. Yeah. You, you have to always keep making an effort, like you said. Yeah. And this is why I think that LDRs are great because you know, from the beginning that it's not easy and, and yeah. that the relationship is not only, as you said, the Cinderella story, but you have to make it work. And, um, and I think this is why people who, who had long distance relationship over several years, they really have skills they know how to they know how to make themselves feel this emotion because sometimes you're all on your own and the other one is not there so you have to make yourself feel the emotion for the other one you have to think of the face of the of the voice of a little thing that makes you makes you smile because you just think of a certain moment and this is something that you can actually also do in your in your daily life when you're living next to each other one a, a silly thing that i do is I have I have a Google Calendar reminder every two weeks which says keep Colleen smiling <laughs> which makes me whenever that reminder pops up it makes me reevaluate if I'm making enough effort if I if I'm letting things if I'm taking her for granted so it, it like forces me to reevaluate it's and it's like every two weeks because if it's too often then I'll take the reminder for granted <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that actually ends up working well for me. And maybe I'll keep doing something like that even when we move in together. <laughs> and we, well, I feel like there's two honeymoon phases. One is the honeymoon phase of the relationship and then we get into a rhythm. And then we, when we close the gap, there's a new honeymoon yeah, phase. For sure. And then after that, you have to, again, get used to like the normal life with 
all the you know dirty socks <laughs> thing. <laughs> and you will learn to love them so i think it's, it's all good <laughs> i love that thing about the google reminder it's really great i think those kind of things are spontaneous and there was a little nice signs that you can integrate into your life and makes you smile and makes the other one smile so that's the best thing mm -hmm. absolutely and do you have any final words of wisdom you can leave with us for couples who are about to close the gap i would really reconnect to what we were just saying i think if you done if you've done uh, an ldr you've done a lot and you get to know the other one in a way that i think you would not get to know the other one if you would not have the ldr so This is something that no one can take away from you. This is something that you mastered together and you can always look back on that and say, we made it. And I think that there's nothing that a couple that had several years of relationship can't work out together if they did this. So voila, this is... Alina, I have the chills. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. That's for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. You know, I hope the listeners enjoyed it. But even if even if no one takes away anything from this, which would be impossible, I personally was so excited to have this conversation. I actually was telling Ankit before this. I was like, this is a conversation that I've wanted to have with her anyways. And we just happened to be recording it. So, it <laughs> yeah, like what to expect. It's what we are looking forward to. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's good to talk about. So how will it be? like? Yeah. And I think the fantasy i think that you know having this conversation with you helps to point out the things that we need to keep an eye out for and yeah i feel like i learned a lot today so thank you so much and thank you for being open and honest and yeah i really enjoyed your story i agree i learned a lot thank you for the podcast i think it's a great great idea and i really really enjoyed the conversation with you All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the LDR Podcast. And finally, share your stories and send us your questions to the LDR Pod at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.